RadioInfluence.com. All righty, welcome to another edition of the Rock Stops Here podcast. Where did I stop today? Where did I stop? Where am I stopping? I am stopping to meet up with a friend in the beeswax. His name is Kevin O'Donnell. He has been a sports, well, he's done it all, photographer and editor and reporter and anchor. He has been with Fox 13 WTVT in Tampa Bay for 35 years. And he's still there. And he's not even thinking about retirement. The only station that he has ever worked at in sports in a great market, beautiful weather, the beaches, NFL team, Major League Baseball team, NHL team, college football and basketball. Although they've been having a lot of bad years there. But Kevin O'Donnell, he's raised his family and he's still doing it. He's out on the beat and he's covering the Buccaneers right now. Uh, I run into him every single week and I thought, you know what, man? He's got some great stories. He's worked with some big names that have gone on to national prominence. He's covered hundreds of thousands of stories. 35 years, one station. Who does that? Here he is, without further ado. And then after that, we'll get into, uh, we'll hang out, got a couple of stories, tell you what's going on. So let me welcome in Kevin O'Donnell. Unbelievable. All right. I am with what a great story. And the story is still going on. I'm talking about sports anchor reporter Fox 13, very strong station in Tampa Bay, Kevin O'Donnell for 34. Four, 35, 35 yeah. years. Kid, first of all, and counting, right? Congratulations, <laughs> my man. Thanks, Rock. Appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been a wild ride so far, and uh, hopefully it continues longer. You know, that doesn't, I mean, there's not many guys or women in the country that are at the same affiliate in a major market doing sports for 35 years i don't even know if there's anybody maybe now do you know at all i actually i don't i was talking to uh, kevin weeks during the uh playoffs with the lightning last year and he remembered me from being here and i thought well that must have been like 10 years ago that kevin weeks was here it was like 20 years over 20 years ago he was here and he said how long you've been here i said 35 years he goes you've got to be kidding me he was, you know, a goalie for the Lightning. Right, and, right, uh, right, right. He was shocked. But I, I guess, you know, I've been lucky and fortunate and blessed uh, to be at one station my entire career. I started out as an intern back in 1987 uh, and just was given a golden opportunity back then because then there weren't regulations with interns. And uh, two minute, two months into my internship there, I had a car and I had gear and I it was a photographer, so I was shooting everything on the weekend. So I was kind of learning on the job back then and really kind of made me versatile. I think that's what, what's been my, my biggest benefit to, to the station was that my versatility. All right, so how did it start? Was it one of these things where growing up you wanted to be a sportscaster? You wanted to be on TV? Was it more of a thing where you kind of fell into it and you played sports? When did it start that you wanted to be a... Do, how to how? Well, I loved uh, sports. I grew up in Vermont. Uh, but I came back, I came down to uh, Tampa in 19, 
1977 when the Bucks were just getting going. Okay. My grandfather lived in St. Pete. I'm like, I fell in love with the team. New team. I'm like, you know what? There's probably not many fans. And I just loved Florida. So I'm like, I'm going to follow the Bucks. So I followed the Bucks really from their initial year. And uh, so when I decided to go to college, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this cold in Vermont. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Tampa be around the team, at least they'll be able to go all the games and everything, real excited. But I was going to be an uh, accounting major at the University of Tampa because it was easy for me and I, I did well in, in, in high school and some of the classes and stuff. But I was watching TV one day and, and ironically it was Channel 13 and Andy Hardy was on and I was looking at my friend at, when I was at UT and I'm like, you know what, that would be a cool job to do. Right. Ironically, that's the station I ended up landing on. It's Unbelievable. Just bizarre. Yeah. Now at the time, Fox, you were not Fox. It was not Fox, correct? CBS CBS at the time, yes. CBS. All right, so you lucked out. Oh, and how, how did you get that internship? So I was at the University of Tampa. A friend of mine was a broadcast major that I didn't know. We are down shooting hoops inside the Bob Martinez Center. And he said, hey, what's your major? I said, oh, broadcasting. I said, I'm a sophomore, so I'm still, you know, like, you know, a while away before I get into an internship. And he said, well, the weekend sports anchor is coming down to shoot some hoops. I'll introduce you to him. So Mark Haggard walks in introduced me he goes you're a broadcast major i said yeah he goes want an internship i said well i'm not really can't start my internship until 20 hours into my junior year i'm a sophomore i don't care come down next weekend <laughs> i've been there ever since never left unbelievable unbelievable how much how much has the business changed from when you started 35 years ago to now and are there still some basics though that you gotta you gotta be able to do and do well oh i think it drastically has changed as you know in the industry i think when we when i started at the at fox 13 um wtvt back then i think we had six people we added another so we had seven at one point wow. uh part-timer wow and now because you all you had individual jobs back then either you were an anchor or you're a reporter, or you're a photographer, or you're a producer. Gotcha. Now you've got to do all of it. Wow. You've got to be a one-man show. And I think really that's been the benefit that I've had, or really what's made me value about the station, is that on the weekends, I produce 14 minutes of sport of a sportscast. That is a long time. And if you're not in the business, you don't realize you got to do the editing. You got to do the graphics. You got to make sure the audio, you got to do the writing. There's a lot to that. And usually right. it's maybe, even if it was like three or four minutes, that would be long. 14 minutes. 14 minutes on the weekend. And when I first started, I would say, you know, everyone had a hand in that. Uh, but on the weekends now, I do it by myself. And I think that's what makes you, you know, valuable keep is you that around. you can handle it by yourself you can get it all done you can write you can edit you can do the graphics and uh, it's a lot to do especially like during the college football season saturday there's always uh, every every saturday it seems like one of the team in the state of florida is finishing right when i'm <laughs> supposed to be on the air for a tease and so that's the tough part of, of juggling getting the highlights on getting the final score on uh during crunch time so it's uh it's a, it can be stressful on the weekend, but you got to be able to handle it. And I, right. I think a lot of people really are haven't been you know um, experienced in in doing it all and juggling right. all of that at right. a massive space. Now, there's been a lot of coworkers that have come and gone, but also it's been a, it's been a successful shop where there's been a lot of stability. But one name that I'm sure a lot of our listeners would know is Pam Oliver. Right. She's been on the sidelines doing a great job for NFL. She actually came through Fox 13, did she not? She did, Rock. She was uh, in our news department. We had a third reporter that had the week off. And I traveled with the team back then, uh, 
back then we were able to travel on the team flight with the Bucks. So wow. I went to every road road game. Wow. And there were some weekends I was by myself uh, because the team was losing. We're not going to send a reporter. Just not worth it. Um, we can send you kind of one man bandit. That was back, you know, late 80s, early 90s into 2000s. And so they wanted to send Pam. Uh, it was Perkins' fourth year. He had promised that he was going to win in his third season. Ray Perkins, the head coach at the time. He's mired in a four-game losing streak. So I was in San Francisco the week before, and being behind the camera, I didn't want to ask him this question. I just thought it was kind of unprofessional uh, from that perspective. But I'm like, something needs to change. What you're doing is not working. So Pam's on the flight with me, on the team flight, up to Green Bay, playing in Milwaukee that weekend. And I told her, I said, look, if they lose this game, someone's got to ask this question. Someone's got to call Perkins to task. What he's doing, obviously, is not working with this team. And she goes, well, I don't care. I'll do it. She goes, I said, well, they might throw you off the flight. She goes, I don't care. This is a one, one hit for me, one stop shop, and I'm going back to news. So I, so game's over. Packers win the game, obviously. And Pam asks Ray, she's like, is it time for you to reevaluate what you're doing with this p position with this team because it's not working? And he goes, for me to, to evaluate my position on this team? He goes, why don't you ask the people in St. Pete, Tampa, and Clearwater? They seem to know a lot more about what's going on with this team than I do. <laughs> and he ripped off the mic and stormed up the stairs. There was, her, there was Pam's uh, start. Wow. She, Pam Oliver, as a sports reporter, was born. Wow, 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 wow. Another big name, Colin Coward, came through working with you. What was Colin like at the time? Colin is just an intense guy. Like, I always talked about, I said, you know, this guy has so much talent. Uh, talking about sports, I said, you know, you could leave him in a room by himself and he'd continue to talk. Uh, he just would talk your ear off. But he is so knowledgeable. He studies very hard. Uh, was not surprised that, that uh, he made it. Uh, as far, far as he's done. Um, he's just just a guy that's immersed in sports. He loves college football, knows everything about it. And uh, he was fun to work with, very efficient. He would come in, get his story done, and he was finished. You know, uh, very effective when he was here. And I knew he wasn't going to be here long because he was just too talented uh, to stay stay here that long. But I knew the network would be, be calling. And he never liked Tampa, unfortunately. He but was I a know, West Coast I know, guy. I know I'm saying he that. He just never liked the East Coast mentality. Right. And, uh, he went back uh, to Portland, did a radio show out there, and then ESPN picked him up, and right. now he's with Fox. So he's doing he's doing great work. He's, it's fun talking. About. I talked with him last year or two years ago when uh, we were doing the chopper coverage over uh, Brady's practices oh, during the summer. Oh yeah! So he had me on for about eight minutes. I remember so, yeah. that. Is there any one you've covered so many great athletes? coaches and also events all the big ones and is there anything that really stands out to you in your career i mean that's probably hard in 35 it years. is and I, I think back on on all the events we've covered i've covered super bowls uh, you know world series uh, the stanley cup many years with, with the lightning um, but one that i really enjoyed the most might be a su surprise but it was the uh, all-star game NBA All-Star Game in Orlando. It was Magic Johnson's last year. And when you walked in there, it was a who's who. Uh, some of the biggest names, all Hall of Famers uh, for the NBA. And there was a lot of uh, uh, L.A. celebrities that, that were there that, that, that hang on to these NBA goosebumps. events. Give me And I was walking down the hall, and I was a photographer at the time. I was going down the hall uh, with Magic Johnson as he was going to be introduced. And I look around and like, there's nobody else except for a handler. Oh, my God. And it was me and him. Oh, my God. And he, and he had come out with, you know, being positive uh, for HIV. For HIV. And uh, it just was an eerie feeling. It was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. I'm able to do this and, and walk down the, down the, uh, the hallway with him. <sighs> and then at the very end of the game, 
I was on the court and I was just watching at the time because we we're just going to do post game. And I was with Pam Oliver and you could hear the guys talking on the floor and Clyde Drexler had the ball and he, t he gave it back to Magic because Magic just fed him. He goes, it's your time. Magic drops the drops the shot and then <sighs> they win. The West wins. <sighs> so it, was, it was a pretty cool game. event. And I that just, is so awesome. It was an exciting. It was Charles Barkley was on the team. Yeah, yeah. It was just a who's who of And you're right there. The NBA, right there. And you're you talking like. with these guys. <sighs> Remember, um, Pam and I were at their practice and Charles Barkley was laying on the floor. And he wouldn't get up. He was stretching. So Pam went down on the floor. I had to get down <laughs> as a photographer on the floor to do an interview with him. And, and Chuck back then, was, he's just he's just a character. And uh, uh, it was just a fun time. Uh, but I think that one stands out to me. Wow. There's a few athletes that, that I... Yeah, I was going to ask you You never want to be in awe. I was kind of told that early on by Andy Hardy. is like, always put yourself at the same level. Talk to them as if you're talking to a buddy at the bar. Just casual conversation. Well, that's good advice. And, uh, but three names that, that when you saw them and you went to interview him you're like wow this is pretty cool but jack nicholas uh we got to do a sit down with him when he he came in for the um senior event over at uh the tpc uh sparky anderson was was pretty cool to talk with and um i'd say probably those two probably stand oh and dan marino because my first year as a Part, you know, I was part-time, I wasn't even part-time, I was an intern. Yeah. I got to go and do an interview with Dan Marino when he was here for an autograph signing. It was just me and him, and it was this was funny. I, I was last to arrive, because um, I was at another event. And I go in, and eight, 10, and another station were there uh -huh. at the time. Well, they blocked the shot of interviewing Marino. So I'm standing there, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like green, I'm only like three right, months right, into right, my right, right. internship. So I just waited. And then they got done with the interview. I go, hey, Dan, can I ask you a few more questions? He goes, you didn't get any of that? And I'm thinking he's going to say, beat it, right. kid, you know? Right. And he goes, okay. Is... And he gave me a one-on-one -on -one at the time. So I was like blown away. Just those those three names probably always stand out to me as, as really uh, cool interviews. That, I that is awesome. I've interviewed him a couple of times. And man, being a legend as he is, just what, such a down-to-earth, really down-to-earth yeah. guy. All right. So here's how I, and all of these is... What advice? You have been able to make it and are still doing it for 35 years. I'm sure you get it a lot up and coming, aspiring. They want to be sportscasters. They want to be on TV. What is the best piece of advice you could give, Kevin? Number one, without a doubt, you have to do an internship. And then when you're there, I know there's, the regulations are a lot stricter now. You're not going to get a car. You're not going to get equipment. Um, but you've got to just... Just put your nose to the grindstone and do as much as you can. And don't sit back and wait for someone to tell you what to do when you're doing an internship. Be aggressive. And I think that's one thing I was always was aggressive, always wanting to do more and doing stuff on your own. You know, uh, writing a story, tracking it, putting video to it, put your own package together. Don't wait for somebody to say, hey, can you want to go out and do an interview with, uh, you know, one of our reporters and kind of tag along with them. But you just have to be aggressive and learn as much as you can, absorb as much as you can about the industry because, you know, once you get into it, especially nowadays, you're going to have to do it all. And you know what? I'm going to follow up. I have never done this with anybody. How have you been able to make it 35 years with different bosses? This is what I want to know. How do you survive, man? What is the answer to that? I think just your work, the work that you put on the on the on the table every day. Um, and, you know, we have we've had I'm trying to think one, two, three. I think we've had five uh, general managers, uh, multiple news directors, you know, from 1987 to 
2022 uh, that I've gone through. And I think they come in, they evaluate you over a six month period. And I think they see what kind of work ethic you have. And if they see that you're you're somebody that that just lays it all on the table and, and works hard every day and and just and comes up with creative interesting stories you know come up with great storylines that's the thing we cover multiple sports you know you think about the newspaper their beat writers cover one thing they cover the bucks or they cover the lightning or they cover the rays or college football in television you have to know all of it you've got to have a feel for every different sport every local team you have to kind of have a feel of what's going on with that club because you know one day you cover the lightning in the morning and then next afternoon you're out doing cover high school football so you got to be versatile um, study a lot read a lot um, and just be connected with the teams that you're in the city representing or, or covering well, congratulations on your success, continued success, 35 years and counting. You are the GOAT. You are the Brady of broadcasting, continued oh, success. Thank you, Rock. That's uh, some very flattering words, but we tried. That really is amazing, especially in this business. It is so hard to get a TV sports job. A lot of times, and I've seen it over the years, you know, you come out of college, you want to be on TV, you want to cover sports, and there's the jobs are so hard. Everybody wants to do sports. And you end up doing news. There's been so many that I've known. They've been like, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could get out of news. I, I'd love to do sports. Sports is fun. They hate covering the negative stories all the time and blah, 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 blah. So to be able to do that and to intern at this station, it, oh, and then they gave him a car and gear. Well, when he, at that age, like who does that now? But anyway, he's doing it. And what I, what I found interesting at the end, like Kevin, what is your secret? How did you do it? What about how and, and how? How have you been able to do it with all different bosses? And uh, he's like, it's your body of work. In the end, if you do so much, you're hard to replace. Like on weekends, I can't believe they give him 14 minutes. That's incredible. That's awesome. But it's also a lot of work, but that's awesome. Because most, most uh, network affiliates just, sports is always, it's usually at the end of a newscast and they always cut it if they're heavy with other stories. <laughs> it's usually, you know, oh, well, you, can get it. you can get that on ESPN. I've heard that so many times over the years from news directors. Oh, we don't care about sports. You know, you can get that from ESPN. And, you know, no, you can't. You can't get your local teams just on a big national problem. Well, whatever, whatever. But it's so funny. In all the years, when a team is going in a playoff run or they're going to a World Series or they're going to the Super Bowl or they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, then all of a sudden, oh, it's all hands on deck. Every producer, every news reporter, photographer, everybody is put on all different assignments and go to the sports bar, go do it on this, go to the apparel shop that's making shirts, try this. What about, you know, go to the airport, all the people that are coming in for the big game and da 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 It's so funny, like all year you don't care and then a team is going to a championship and then everybody in the news department wants to and does cover sports but anyway and, and and the fact that he can do that by himself without them worrying about it it's like any job you know it or if you're a boss you got an employee that just takes care of business 
and that can do more than just that one job, you're like, wow, I don't have to worry about it. Oh, my God, they know what they're doing. Oh, I just don't have to even stick my nose in. That's huge. That's huge. So that's a good piece of advice from someone that has made a lot of money and has all the benefits and 35 years and doing what he loves. It's the work that you do that bosses will see and do way more than just the one thing. So congratulations, Kevin. I used to kid around. I thought, oh, man, he, this guy's always throwing out these stats when I, when I would go to these press conferences over the years. And then as I, the more I would listen and I would realize, like, it's a good way to lead in to a question, especially if it's like a team isn't doing good in one particular area. So what Kevin O'Donnell will do is he'll like, you know, coach last year you were, uh, you know, uh, let's just say 70% uh, scoring in the red zone. You've had success two years in a row really with that. Now you're down, way down in that. What do you attribute to that? Instead of saying, hey, man, you guys really are stinking it up when you get in the red zone. You know, there's a way to lead into questions and he's bringing some meat. He's bringing some juice. It's not like it's just an opinion. Hey, you guys suck in the red zone, you know. So he knows what he's doing and uh, he loves his stats and he does his homework. And so there you go. Thank you, Kevin. Best of luck to you. Continued success. Keep it going. You and Tooks. Tooks is his photographer, one of the all-time greats ever in the business and just good, good, good people. All right. I'm in a much better mood this week. You know, Hey man, I'm only human. I realized last week after I taped the podcast, I never go back and redo anything. I'm like, you know what? I'm used to doing live. I did live TV half hour every single night for 14 years. <clears throat> I'm used to live. Like once you do it, you do it. Boom. You know, go back and let me re let me see if I can retweak. But after I did last week's, I was like, you know, I was a little bit negative. And but I'm human. You go through different stages, you know, during the day or during the week. And last week I was like, damn, like, you know, I'm just, you know, and oh, my God, I, you know, I was questioning <laughs> that old saying, you are where you're supposed to be, you know, and had I not spoken up in a meeting Maybe that boss would have renewed my contract. You know, I was not renewed and I did not go out on my own terms and I was feeling, I don't know, whatever, but I'm in a much better mood this week. Sorry about that, man, but that's how it goes. You know, the weather turned here and it just makes me a new man. Lee, a guy that works for Joe Bucks fan, he was telling me the other day, I said, oh, you're going to Pittsburgh. It was last week. Oh, my God, it's going to be in the 60s. And he's like, oh, I don't like the cold. cold. I love the heat. Give me a June day with so much heat. I'm like, oh, really? Really? Like, I don't understand that. There's a videographer for one of the affiliates in town. And she's really cool. I like her. And she tweeted out the other morning like, oh, it's, and it was in the 60s. I, 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 if you're not from Florida... You're probably laughing your ass off. But when it's in the 60s down here in Florida, people bring out the hoodies, they th a woolen hat. They think it's so cold. I'm not kidding you. And she tweeted out like, what is this? I was in Canada and it was warmer. I can't believe this. I'm like, I can't believe this. 
We, I wait all year for this weather. How do you? I was like, man, it's a good thing. Well, when I was not single and we were like, dang, that would be a deal breaker. Like you, I can't believe it. But and then, and then I saw her when I went to the Bucks today, and I said, oh my god, you're driving me crazy tweeting out that you hate this cold weather in the 60s i'm like do you realize i can't i i wait my blood never thinned out but it was a little bit colder this morning colder but it's so funny it really is we're so soft so soft but i just i i'm i'm more of a cold weather guy sorry i'm still jersey i'm i was in colorado right and i drove from colorado to here to take a job at 970 because I want to be back in the business. And I loved it. I remember when I was in Denver and I was in Colorado and I remember saying, I'm, I'm, I found my place. I'm never going back to the East Coast. No humidity. I love the mountains. I'm outside. I remember we would get snowstorms and in the local football field where right by Columbine High School, it's called, uh, was it Crescent Park? No, I forget the name of the park. Clement Park. And I used to ride my bike there. I would, when there would be um, a snowstorm and then fresh fallen snow, I would run, do sprints, walk back, run, do zigzag, run. I would cover an entire football field and it would look like there were kids played a football game on it after I was done. I don't know. I, I always just had a, 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 a hop in my step when the weather turned colder, cooler. And go figure, I'm down here now 26 years. <laughs> it's how it goes. But I am not complaining. I am very, very, very fortunate. So I was actually thinking about doing the podcast because we had to wait. I was at One Buck. One Buck is the facility where they're at, the Advent Health Training Center, where the Buccaneers train. And uh, you wait, you have to wait two hours. You watch practice, you see what's going on. You can take some video. I report on social media and then you wait two hours. And I was going to actually record some of this on my downtime sitting in my car because it's so nice now. And then I went out to my car and I heard, boom, boom. Oh, they're pumping it because the team is still practicing on the other side of the gate where we park and they're pumping in the crowd noise because the Buccaneers were having an away game. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't record there because that's going to F up this, this, you know, you'll hear that and that'd be annoying. So I'm like, ah, I'll go over to Panera and I'll actually get soup. My wife laughed. She goes, you got soup because it's so hot down here. My, my, one of my best friends, Whitney J. Johnson, he's a soup guy. And when I was single, he was single. We were always traveling around. We would go someplace to get something to eat. He'd always say, what is your soup of the day? And I couldn't, soup of the day? Isn't that for the winter? But Whitney loves soup. My wife would even have soup, even in the heat. I haven't had soup. I haven't had soup in a long time. And it was such a beautiful day. I went over to Panera and I got myself some broccoli and cheddar soup. I drove back to the facility. All four windows were down and I sat in my car and I just chilled out and had some broccoli cheddar soup with a nice roll with butter. Ah, oh, it was delightful. It was delightful. So, and I do just love this time of year because we have football in full swing. 
if you're a basketball nut, I used to love basketball, but I just not don't follow it as much anymore. I don't know what it is ever since I moved down here. But basketball, now hockey, because the Tampa Bay Lightning are in our area and I cover them and they're, they're, their franchise is one of the best in all the sports. The owner's incredible. They give back to the community. He's building Vinickville right around uh, Amelie Arena, the Water Street project. He's incredible and they're successful. The Lightning founders, Phil Esposito, he's quite a character. He is great. And uh, so that was cool. So the season started now, and I was back in Emily, got my season credential, good to go. That's why everything, that's why I was turned down for Ray's uh, ALCS if they had made it that far. And I was feeling like, wow, I can't, you know, that type of thing last week. I was being a little baby is what I was. So I'm, I'm doing fine. Got my season credential. Everything was cool. I even got something from a boss in a media outlet that said there may be something for me because I'm, I'm itching, man. I'm itching. I'm itching. It's in my blood. And I was like, oh, don't even say that to me. Don't even get me pumped up because that's happened before. I may have something for you. Ooh, and this is a place where I've been dying to get to. So, but we shall see. But that certainly pumped me up. And then I'm walking around on cloud nine and I'm like, oh, this is a great day. You know, you know, all, it doesn't take much. I don't know about you. All I need is just a little bit, a little tiny bit of some possible good news and I am good to go. Good to go. But what's cool about covering hockey now, the lightning is, no masks are required. The locker room after games is open back up. So it really is incredible. You know, I remember, do you remember during the pandemic? And I would think, wow, this is changing me. You know, it's going to change me for the better. Spending more time around the house, going on more walks with my wife and daughter and dog, although my wife, I mean, my daughter doesn't, she's 13. She doesn't really care about taking walks with us, but she'll do it. And people were walking around my neighborhood and everything was closed and I tried to take positives about it. I lost weight. I, I, I worked out. I was healthier and all this stuff and this stuff. But you end up falling back into old habits. You know what I mean? Like, I'll never forget that, um, uh, what's the one? David Letterman. I remember David Letterman said that after he had his, it was like quadruple bypass. And I remember he's like, I gave up coffee. I didn't want to have anything caffeine. And he, and he, and he ate a lot better. And then after six months or eight months, uh, let me, boy, I'm, 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 I'm hearkening for that. And then he started taking caffeine and putting, you know, not decaffeinated coffee and start eating. And I'm like, so now that the pandemic is, it's over. I mean, yeah, you can still get COVID. We're just going to deal with it. It'll be like a flu and that's how it's going to go. But I mean, everything is like back to now where, you know, we're back in the locker rooms. 
You, you go back and do interviews. Everything is pretty much the same. Every, everything is back. I got to move because my dog, hold on a minute. My dog, my dog is such a little stinking yapper. Yes, I love her, but she can become such a pain. So I got to move out of here because she's barking. If she sees somebody, she just, another dog or people, she just barks nonstop and I can't take it. Anyway, all right, so now I'm out, I'm out here in my backyard. I've got a nature preserve behind me, and there is so many wild animals, man, and a lot that goes on once it gets dark. And it's so interesting because we had the hurricane, which was nothing for us, but those poor people down in Fort Myers Beach, oh my God, I've talked about it here on the podcast, just total you know, devastation, man, your whole life. Boom. Everything that you own, boom, can be gone. But what I noticed is when I sit back out here at night, I'll have a couple of beers. The girls are inside doing their thing. And, oh, my God, the other day they're watching, like, Dancing with the Stars, and they get into that. And they just do women, girls things. I can't I would, uh, shoot me if I'd had to sit there and watch that. Uh, so I sit outside, and just the girls are doing their thing and blah, blah, blah. But the... Two nights, like I'd say two nights maybe before the hurricane was supposed to hit here, there was not one raccoon, deer, coyote, bobcat, whatever the hell else goes through the back here from the woods. Nothing. Like the animals can sense it. Isn't it something? Yeah, anytime a major storm is coming like a night or two before, and I only noticed it because I'm living back out here. I got woods behind me. They're, they're not around. It's it's eerie. It's really eerie. So, all right. So what else we got? I'm trying to break it up, not do the same thing. Um, we'll see what we got next week. I hope you enjoyed the BMX. I call them kids. The girl, Felicia Stancil, she's the world champion. She's 27. And Josh McLean, I think he's probably like 24. He moved here from Australia. I call him kids. <laughs> so I tried to bring you a little bit of that, the BMX world. I did boxing for two weeks in a row. Um, I am going to give you, oh, a friend of mine is going to be making a return trip. I'm going to be taping him on Monday and he's a character. Uh, so I got a couple of things I'm working on. Oh, and I ran into, if you follow me on social media, I'm at Real Rock Riley, R-E-A-L-R-O-C-K-R-I-L-E-Y. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. I got to figure out Instagram. I don't I know what I'm doing. I got to get more. And uh, Facebook, Rock Riley. But Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. WWE Hall of Famer. He is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. Genuine, nice man. Mouth of the South. Hey, hey, baby. Hey, baby. And I, I, so I was coming back from, I was coming back from the Bucks. And I stopped in a Publix not too far from my home. Now, my wife has seen him at a post office in this area. I saw him at a hamburger joint 
uh, what do you call it? Steak and Shake. I don't know, a couple years ago. But I ha- I used to see him more when I would be hanging around Brian Nasty Boy Knobs when he had his Nastyville School of Wrestling because Jimmy Hart used to be the manager for those guys. He'd be like, oh, my God, those guys. For years, they'd drive him crazy. And vice versa. Knobs would be like, oh, we worried about Jimmy Hart. He's always telling us we can't do this, can't do that. We're not. But, uh, and Hogan and this and that. So it was a beautiful day. I had gotten uh, something to eat at Publix, and I was sitting in my car, and it's mid-afternoon on a weekday, just a gorgeous day. My windows are down, and I see Jimmy Hart. He gets out of his car, and then he gets a phone call, and then he's on his, he's on his phone, and I've been dying to get him on my podcast. I've reached out to him a couple of times. He gets back to me. And then I've even talked to him on the phone. He's even called me. And he goes, it's always like, oh, I'm doing, you know, Vince. Now Vince is, Vince is no longer running the show. But he'd be like, no, nah, Vince, we got to get approval. And I'm coming up on this. It would be WrestleMania or SummerSlam or I'm doing this. And I got to get approval. Once that's over, I don't want to say anything that blah, 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 blah. And it'd always be something, man. He's always, you know, oh, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, there's Jimmy Hart. But you know what? I'm not going to. And I had my I had my uh, I carry this Zoom recorder and my microphones in my car, in my trunk, wherever I go, just in case of this situation. And I run into somebody and I'm like, there he is. And it's a beautiful day. I'm not going to bombard him. In the public's parking lot. Right now to do my podcast, I, I he's not I'm not going to do that to him. I'd like to. So you know what? He was still on his phone. I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep eating my sandwich. Ate my sandwich, had my chips. He was done. He got out of his car. He was going into Publix. I jumped out of my car, started walking towards him. He goes, hey, man. I don't know if he, you know, and I had sunglasses on. I said, Jimmy, Rock Rock. He goes, I know who you are. I know, Rock. How you doing? I just came from Ben Mala. If you've never seen video, it's on YouTube. His name is Ben Mala. M-A-L-L-A-H. Life for sale. He's a billionaire. I think he's a billionaire. He he bought a couple of years ago the largest home in Tampa Bay, the most expensive home in Tampa Bay. Used to be owned by like Ryan Howard of the Phillies. It's in Bel Air next to Clearwater Beach. Beautiful home. But he buys and sells and he turns it over. Commercial properties business businesses and uh he's got a very entertaining web series or on youtube it's on it's on youtube and he does a podcast and if you want business advice uh selling buying he's just and he curses a lot and he has jimmy hart on quite a bit he also owned hogan's beach not not the hogan's the one that was on the courtney campbell causeway um, and then he's had Jimmy Hart, where you know, help out or work for Ben. I don't know how their business relationship is. And when and over to Daytona, he had a bar and restaurant, a hotel over there, and Jimmy stayed at the hotel. Blah blah blah. And he goes, I just came from Ben Mala. You know Ben Mala? I said, Of course. You know I've asked you about Ben Mala. Blah blah blah. And then we started talking. How's Knobs doing? He's not drinking now. How's Hogan? Hogan still does. You still doing the karaoke? And nah, not anymore. And but Hogan's still doing it. Maybe I'll come over there. Blah 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 blah. And then he's like, You know. 
We'll do it. We'll get that podcast done. But we just shot the shit. And I just, we've, I've always connected with Jimmy. And he's just so down to earth. And he was with the Gentries. He has several hits as a singer, songwriter. And he's very proud of that. And he would like to talk that. He even told me he would probably rather talk music than he would wrestling. Because he's, but he's always, you know, he's, it's in his blood too. But just a nice, 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 nice guy. Then I asked him what he thought of Flair with Flair's final match. And Flair is down in, uh, living in Tampa. And then I went over and I know where Flair drinks. I, I checked it out, the location. But I don't want to be a stalker. But I would, I'm still hoping to get Ric Flair. But Ric Flair is still, he's doing that drip. He's doing a thing with Mike Tyson with the weed. Um, he's just, he's, he's a busy man. So anyway, but they're, you know, good people are good people. That's my, I think that's my message. No matter how big you are and how famous you are, are you just a good person? It comes through. And man, I've been lucky enough to run into a whole bunch of them, and they're no different than you and me. And, although they have a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe there's that. Maybe there is that. There is that. All right, listen, that's about it for today. My thanks to Kevin O'Donnell, 35 years at one station. That is so stinking impressive, my man. And uh, we'll see what we got next week. Alrighty, I, I, I'm probably going to still keep it the rock stops here. It's what I do. I was thinking about tweaking it, like I said. and Well, I, I may tweak it, but I think we're just going to keep it like this. Alrighty. So listen, we're getting closer to uh, my favorite holiday of the year, which is Thanksgiving. That's always been my favorite. Being out in the backyard, playing football in New Jersey. And maybe we're clod hoppers on. That's work boots. Yeah, used to wear them all the time in Jersey. And, you know, the ground is hard and just, oh, and then you come in and it's warm. And you got that Thanksgiving meal and like just, oh. or Or as the years go on, it's just like you don't have to worry about presents and running around like it is for the, some of the other holidays. It's just like. Just just chilling out, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, listen, I will talk to you next week. It is the rock stops here. If you're in a down mood, you'll get over it. <laughs> Good times are coming. They are. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.